Welcome to Teach Musically, the music studio teacher's resource for business and pedagogy solutions. My name is Michelle. And I'm Leanne. Private music teaching can be a fun and rewarding profession, but it does not come without its stigmas. While we know the level of skill and expertise our job takes, much of society does not. Often our skills are undervalued and our profession is not taken seriously. Most private music teachers can probably recount several interactions where they had to defend their job as being legitimate. Today we'll discuss why these misconceptions exist, how they affect us, and what we can do to combat them. First, let's explore where these misconceptions come from. Why does the lack of respect for music teachers exist? I believe one of the main reasons is because the average person has little to no personal experience with private music lessons. They do not know any private music teachers or they have not taken any lessons themselves. As a result, they don't really know what lessons entail and what the responsibility of the teacher is. That is so true. When I was working towards my master's degree, I had some friends ask me about my private lessons. I mentioned that it's my responsibility to learn and memorize a piece before I bring it to my teacher. They then asked me, what does my teacher do? I found this so interesting because the notes and rhythms are just the very first step of learning new repertoire. I had to explain to them that we go into a lot of detail about musicality, phrasing, interpretation, and technical approach. The friends I was speaking with had no idea that these concepts were a part of piano playing. That makes a lot of sense, and I think it is related back to our education system. If you want to pursue music at a university level, then you have to study privately. The music classes that you take in elementary or high school will not prepare you for university entry. On the contrary, every other high school course directly prepares you for entry to university. If you want to study science, you would take high school science courses to prepare. The same goes for math, history, or languages. Why is it that music is almost dumbed down in our education system? Exactly. That's why people have a general understanding of the skills and knowledge it takes to become a doctor or a teacher or a lawyer, but have no gauge when it comes to music. Another reason why our profession is less respected is because of its portrayal as an unstable career path. Mainstream media perpetuates the stereotype of the starving artist or hobby music teacher. A great example of this is the character Lois Griffin in the very popular show Family Guy. She is a stay-at-home mother and teaches piano lessons on the side. While there's nothing wrong with teaching music part-time, it doesn't really represent what many of us do. These misconceptions about private music teachers can often have a lot of negative impacts on our careers and self-worth. When we are constantly told that our services are not valuable, we may begin to believe that is true. As a result, we may undervalue our services, offer discounts, or even accept unpaid work for, quote, exposure. Sadly, many private music teachers succumb to these pressures, devaluing our services as a whole. Perhaps we succumb to these pressures because we are persistently fed the message that our career is meant to be unstable and we should expect to be treated this way. But why? We would never bargain with our chiropractor or demand free dental cleanings. In terms of skill, it takes just as long, if not longer, to hone our skills as private music teachers as it does for those professions. So what can we do about all of this? It is up to us to change the narrative and educate those around us about our profession. We can do that in two ways. One, within our studios, and two, within society in general. Let's start with what we can do in our studios. The first step you can take is to work on your professionalism. Present yourself, your business, and your brand as professionally as you can. Often, the way we value a service or product is largely based on appearances. 
Take a designer purse, for example. If a retailer wants to sell a purse for $1,000, then they need to create a $1,000 experience for the customer. That means a beautiful store, luxurious packaging, and excellent service. The exact same purse in a Walmart would not sell for the same price. We can think of our services in the same way. If we take the time to work on our professionalism and the delivery of our service in terms of customer experience, then our services will be perceived as higher value. Professionalism can include so many things, namely your website, marketing materials, the way you communicate, and your physical appearance. If you think you need to work on your professionalism, you can listen to podcast number six, where we break it down for you in detail. You should also not be hesitant to showcase your accomplishments and training. If you have any degrees, awards, or achievements, you should make those known by displaying them in your teaching space where they are visible to students and parents. Include a biography and videos of your playing on your website so people can understand the breadth of your experience and education. Also consider creating a profile on LinkedIn with a list of your accomplishments. You can connect with all of your students' parents and it is another wonderful place where people can learn about you online. Many private music teachers teach from their homes, which can hinder our professional appearance if not done well. If you're teaching from your home, make sure your setup is clean, tidy, and professional looking. Try to separate your working space from your living space the best that you can. Also take time to share our knowledge and approach with our students' parents. Let them in on some of the details about your curriculum and why it works. You can talk about technical approach, learning styles, or specific pedagogical tips. Don't be afraid to share your knowledge. Parents will be glad to know that you have a high level of expertise and they will respect you more for it. If a parent has registered for your music lessons, chances are that they do see at least some value in your service and your profession. Where we may have to work a little harder for respect is in society in general. I'm sure every private teacher can recount a time when you told someone what you do and they responded negatively. I have had this happen to me so many times that I admit I would sometimes avoid sharing what I do. Instead of telling people I am a piano teacher, I would just say that I am a teacher, leaving it open-ended to avoid all of the extra questions. Now that I have gained more confidence and have found success in my teaching, I have learned how to respond to these questions more effectively. When someone asks you what you do, say it with confidence and describe what you do in detail. Remember, language matters. Instead of shyly saying, I teach piano, you could say something like, I run my own business teaching private music lessons to over 40 students. I prepare my students for exams, festivals, and competitions. Right now, I am completely booked and have a waiting list of about 10 other interested clients. Maybe saying something like that makes you cringe a little bit, but it will really help people understand what you do. Exactly. Suddenly, in someone's eyes, you have gone from starving artist to thriving entrepreneur. While you may like to be modest, it is important to vouch for yourself and to be your own best advocate. You see this all the time in other professions such as sales, real estate, and personal training. I think we can learn a thing or two from the way that these professions advocate for their services. Unlike most professions, there is no governing body for music teachers, meaning that there is no official standard of what it takes to offer music lessons. It is important that we educate people about this and let them know that they must do their research and that not all teachers are created equally. The quality of lessons you receive from a teenager with a few years of lessons will not be the same quality of lessons you will receive from a seasoned teacher with multiple degrees. Another important thing we must do is to not undervalue our services in order to gain more business. 
In general, there is a standard price for most services in certain areas. If you were to call a dozen dentists in your town to get a quote for dental work, the cost would be more or less the same amongst all of these dentists. Now, imagine if there was one dentist charging $100 less. The other dentists would lose business and may be forced to lower their rate to compete. The same thing can apply to private music teaching. If we all stick to a standard market value in our area, we will not devalue our service as a whole. Do not undervalue yourself. The general public may also have a narrow view of our earning potential as private music teachers. Next time you are discussing your job with someone, mention all the ways that you are able to make money. This includes accompanying, playing gigs, teaching, examining, adjudicating, and composing. Let's get into some specific scenarios now. We will go over some things we've encountered in real conversations and how we would deal with them today. The first is when someone says, is this your full-time job? Is this your only job? What do you do all day? Michelle, how would you respond to something like that? Regardless of how it was asked, I always try to remind myself that they are human and they might just be asking out of curiosity as a way to see how committed I am as a teacher or the quality of my teaching. Their delivery of the question might not have come as beautifully wrapped as it could have, but I will always respond with a smile and try to turn it into a positive way that promotes respect to teachers and music. Something like, yes, it is my full-time job. I love getting the chance to be someone's guide and watch them develop through music. My teachers have done that for me, and I would want to do the same for my students. This answers their question in a professional way, and if they have any negative judgments about this type of career, it reminds them that there is more to teaching and music and the life than just paying the bills. Another comment you may encounter is, I can't believe you charge X amount per hour. That's crazy. Leanne, how would you respond to that? I have actually had a friend tell me that my rate is robbery. I didn't take it too personally, but if this did happen again, I would ask them what determines someone's rate. A rate is determined based on expertise and demand. Why can a chiropractor charge $50 for 10 minutes of work? That's because they have certain expertise that allows them to treat you in that 10 minutes. The same goes with music lessons. The content I teach in 30 minutes is a culmination of decades of private study. I would also tell this person that if my rate is robbery, then lock me up because I currently have over 30 students who do pay this rate every single week. Thus, it is the client who is deciding whether or not my rate is fair. If my rate was unfair, then nobody would register for my lessons. Michelle, how do you respond when someone says something like, there's no money in music, you can't make a living? I remind myself that such comments usually come from a place that has nothing to do with me or it's just a weird way of them showing concern. I tell them that I must not be making music then because I'm enjoying my life quite a bit. Music might not be the conventional way of making a living, but I'm passionate about what I do and this has driven me to find or create the opportunities that have allowed me to live quite comfortably and in the manner I wish. I don't think I could say that I could be making a happy living out of a job I hate. If we continue to have these kinds of conversations with our students, friends, family, and acquaintances, we can slowly start to change the narrative around private music teaching. Remember to speak about your profession with confidence and don't be afraid to educate others about what you do. We hope you found this podcast helpful. Have you had any discussions like these about your profession? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more great business and pedagogy tips. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and online at teachmusically.com. Until next time, happy teaching!